Hi, I'm Chief Bob Vasquez. And I'm Dr. Jose Lugo Santiago. Welcome to Leaders and Futures. Let us have a new kind of conversation, one about leading as futures emerge, are yet to happen, or plainly need to be reimagined. Someone has said that the best way to predict the future is to create it. Although it's impossible to predict the future, one thing is certain, you must lead in it. It's time to think differently about leading. This podcast is powered by the Institute for Leadership and Strategic Foresight. Let's get started with today's discussion on leaders and futures. Hola, Lugo. You look like you've been on vacation or something. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Yeah. Uh, yes. So I was. I was on vacation. We and, traveled and, through, and, through and Europe, did, and it was great. And you did not invite me. I, I'm just saying, okay? I'm just mm, uh, saying mm. for a friend that you did not invite me. But, well, I'm uh, thinking. And you've been, you've, been, uh, you've been here so many times. You uh, lived in uh, overseas for a long time. Yeah. So if I would have invited you, you'd probably say, hey, you know what? I've been there so many times. You know, hey, can you tell uh, Johnny <laughs> and you tell, you know, Mufasa out there in the, yeah. in the land of uh, Rhineland Falls, uh, say that I said hello. Yes, right. Okay. <laughs> so now you're thinking for me. Well, thank you. That way mm. I don't have to do it. I, that's you're welcome. So anyway, good to see you. I hope you had a good time with uh, uh, Wendy and uh, seeing family, I think, right? You saw some family yeah. and yeah. Uh, got to go home to some, uh, well, at least her home. You didn't mm. go to Puerto Rico, did you? I know you're from Puerto Rico. No, I, uh, that's, a, that's a, a trip planned. Okay. So we'll see. Uh, the year has already gone so fast. Yeah. But pr probably we'll go. We'll go. Uh, probably early next year, or who knows? Maybe well, we'll see what happens. It's kind of kind of hard, right? Our schedules have been so packed, right. and uh, one of the things that that I feel it's important is to to go visit and see what is happening. And just just like you mentioned, going back to Europe. And spending time, it's different when you go on vacation and you just go over there. But when you live there with people, right, yeah. where your family lives yeah. and you see the, then you see the changes and you see the, uh, the, uh, how some of the countries have been moving towards, you know, uh, uh, you know, CO2, uh, emissions reduction, uh, electric vehicles. You see, uh, how the, my, the population migration has been, changing the cultural outfit of the organic of of the country even when you and i were there some years back and then i went back again for several years in 2009 and 2009 yep uh let me see something like that and so 2008 2009 and it, it was there for a few years in europe and and to see it now obviously i go back to visit family and come back but just this this time was different it was just a lot of change, yeah. a lot of change. Well, and you know my, my my perspective on change, Lugo. Change equals different. Progress equals better. And and you know, and I see a lot of this on uh, social media and all that uh, that you got to change and all. Sure, I mean, you don't want to not change, but I think it has to be uh, purposeful, don't you? Uh, you know, if, if you if you're changing so that you can do something better, then that's purposeful and that's progress. Where I think a lot of times leaders, and you've been there, Lugo, when a new boss comes in and starts changing things just because uh, I got to put, put my footprint on it. Well, that's crap. No, you don't. You need to make it better, especially for the people that work there, you know, or, or, or the product or the service that you're providing. You know, if it's not better, then 
changing it may not make it any, any better. But there's no progress in that. But um, you would think, and especially, I'd love to hear your perspective on what you saw in Europe the last few weeks, but you would think with all of the the, the technology, all of the, the great stuff that we're developing, uh, in particular here in the United States, because, you know, I, I don't uh, look at stuff happening in other countries, but you would think that all of that stuff is making us better. Do you think that's happening, especially in organizations as a leader? I got, I've got more tools that should help me to be more, to progress better, not progressive, not in the terms of, of politics, but to progress, to make things better. Is that happening? Well, I guess the, the answer to the question is it depends, right? It depends, it depends who you are. Yeah. Uh, then you can answer the question. So, Uh, because some people see all these changes happening and you mentioned uh, change and, and progress, right? There is change and there's progress for the better. Is it for the better? Well, it depends on who you are. And, uh, and, and, and like I said, like I always tell my son is always ask this question when you're dealing with change, when you're asking for people, people asking you, To, uh, they want, they have this idea or they want you to embrace something. The question always, the question is who benefits? And then let's start right there and and then map out, map out the, the, the situation. And we teach this to our students, right? And we and I teach that to our clients to map the ecosystem. So we see this change and we see this issue and you can, and then you can go and, and use a domain mapping or cultural domain mapping uh, to then begin to see uh, what is affecting that change, who benefits, right? And then uh, who's connected to who and how these changes makes things better or they makes things worse. It will make things better for some people and it will make things worse for other people. And so it depends as you have to understand the direction of change and then you can understand if this is progress. I guess it would be, progressive if i see a uh, a rise in quality of life for citizens for the environment you know when we all win in some kind of way then you can say progress has been made right but when you have a place where some people are moving forward and some people are being left behind then then that's not that's not that may not be progress for everybody because not everyone can say this is progressive And so in some cases, not to get into very specifics in here, uh, one of the things that, that I have seen, we see it here in the United States too, in the United States and in Europe. And what I've seen in Europe uh, these past uh, few weeks, traveling, talking with many different people and in two different countries that we have families in, uh, it, it's that the, for example, you take, take manufacturing, a lot of these Uh, and we, I know we have talked about technology before, but technology has been has changed uh, how how we employ people, but also social change has has made changes on what we perceive is good or not so good progress. And now you combine those two, and then you have something else. Take for example the the car industry because this happens here in the U.S. and and back into France and Germany we were visiting uh, we saw the changes and and the people's concerns right and that is that this technology seemed to be very good but then is displacing workers so the question is 
is okay. So people are being displaced because now I mean it's easier and cheaper to it's cheaper to manufacture. Uh, it's cheaper in terms of labor to manufacture a, for example, an EV vehicle. And so now those people are not needed. So you have thousands of people that move away. And so does that mean it's bad? Well, we got to take, we got to think about the entire context of that. And that is, so are those, well, it's, it's bad for the people, people that lose their job. Well, and that's what I was right. going to get to. Are these people really losing their jobs or are they being repurposed, being reskilled? into other parts of that industry so they do not lose the job. So when that happens, then we can say, yes, we saw progress. But if we, uh, and, and we need businesses to make money, I mean, make no doubt about it. I mean, obviously, uh, I mean, in, in the business of defense, I mean, the business of higher education, you know, and in, in, uh, in, in the entrepreneurship, and I help organ uh, technology companies. So, so it is not, uh, we need businesses to make money because it makes everything else happen. People are employed, you know, we, people then pay taxes, it's taxes, you know, the government then, uh, then distribute that wealth across and we have a better society, right? That's the, the concept of all of this. So, uh, so what we expect is that as we implement all of these social changes, technology changes, uh, that somehow, the economics of everyone grows, you know, together somehow, and we make progress. Which is back to your point that you were that you're making. That is a tall order, and so that that is going to require that in the meantime, there's going to be some painful experiences, and we as leaders are going to have to figure out how do we deal, how do we lead through that painful time until we get there to the promised land. Right? This right. is the place where things are going to get better. But in the meantime, we're going to have to adapt and we're going to have to think differently about how do we do things now with the advancement of all these technologies that, is, that are constantly changing us right now in accelerated ways. Technology, social change, economics, you know, and that those things are changing our ethics. And so our ethics are changing us. And then it goes back to our politics, you influence our politics, which influence our socials, right? And then it influences our environment or, you know, what we believe we should do for our environment, our ecosystems, our real ecosystems where we yeah. live. Yeah. Well, and, and my sense is that, and this is, a, this is a cultural thing, I think, that what all of that stuff, and I'll call it technology, all of that makes everything uh, accelerate, like you just said, to the point that we want to do things so quickly that we don't do the right things. And leaders, I, I think, get uh, caught up in that. You know, I got up, you just said, and, and this makes sense, you know, the, the only, not the only, I'll say, the main purpose for a business is to make money. Otherwise, why would you do it, you know, other than provide a service? But that's, you know, we can argue about whether a business is there to provide a service or not, or which one is more important. But I think it, it must know, provide a service, right? If not, it doesn't make money. Uh, well, yeah, well, and if you don't make money, <laughs> you don't have a business. Then right. you don't have a service to provide yeah. to society. Right. So society must benefit from business, and so, likewise, right? Right. So it's a it's a never-ending cycle, if you will, and uh, leaders are in the middle of that. Do I, as a leader, concern myself more with what with making money with the business, or do I concern myself more with the people that are making the things, the widgets or whatever, to to make them the money? And then I don't the, think, yeah, the, I don't think then we have the moral to make that part. Choice. 
you don't have to make the choice. I don't. I don't think we need to make that choice. I. I think that when we get to that point where we're trying to make that choice, that's when things go bad, right? Because now we're talking about: Do I make money or do I help people, right? And I do believe that basically the 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 portion of this would be that as is a you know a business finds a niche. There is an opportunity there, for example, to make things better. To there is a a, a problem that needs to be solved. And so it, and if we, if business does that, then we go to what you mentioned, making progress, right? Because now I'm solving solve something that it may be a societal problem, right? And then I'm providing a service that solves an issue. And because of that, I make money, right? But right. if I go for the, you remember, this is Stephen Covey's, you know, goose or golden eggs uh, metaphor, Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, it was Aesop's, uh, you know, fable, but Stephen Covey talks about him in his book Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and and so there is got to be a delicate balance between, you know, I want to make money and you know uh, I want to solve a problem for society, but if whenever you focus on money, then your opportunity to do something great is drastically diminished. But I think that some organizations speak the right words but don't really behave in the right way lugo uh, now i'm not i'm not blaming anybody i'm not uh, i don't have the 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 background to under, to know this or to understand this very well but you see on the on social media in particular but the news a lot of times that the pharmaceutical companies don't want to make you better they don't want to cure uh, this uh, they don't want to cure whatever uh, disease that's you know the disease of the week because if they cure it then they can't sell you the medications which is what the business is that as uh, the way to stay uh, viable as a business is for me to sell you those meds and for you to buy those meds you have to stay sick mm -hmm. I don't know that that's true. Again, and right, that may right. be just you know somebody's argument, but it sometimes makes. Why is it that your car breaks down right after the the warranty it goes out? I mean, you no, know, three days after the warranty is, is is out, your car breaks down. You know, it's like you guys worked it out so that it would happen, and now I got to buy a new car or fix the car or whatever it is, and that now it's going to cost me money instead mm -hmm. of going five years beyond the warranty. It ends three days after the warranty. Yeah. Or it, it breaks down three days after the one day. Mm. Well, from a person that used to work aircraft maintenance, and you we used to do calibration of uh, uh, electronic equipment, and we you do we used to do fiber optics, you name it, anything that that uh, use a component uh, that is that is built and used to make any kind of measurement or or use in an aircraft or or whatever. You know, I could I could tell you, we tested thousands. Of, of parts of equipment, right? And because of the amount of testing that we had, we could see that a, in a piece of equipment was effective. Uh, let's say, you know, <clears throat> let's say that their calibration interval was dictated by, let's say three months. We knew that after testing, you know, tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of pieces of equipment, we knew that this piece of equipment, it has shown because everything has its limits, right? Uh, all these chips and everything, they, they all have a lifespan. And we can see that after we calibrate and we optimize the equipment, 
at the three month part, everything is good. But then at the fourth month, uh, fourth part, fourth month, it is not. So then we say, okay, we can, if there's also corporate responsibility, right? You say, we can say, given the data we have, that this piece of equipment, we can say with a 95% accuracy, uh, 95% uh, confidence that this will go, that this is piece of equipment is going to serve its purpose 95% of the time. And that's what the manufacturers go for in, in regards to warranty, because there is a 5% chance that it's not going to work as advertised because there are outliers, right? But so a lot of times, and I think that, that we have to do it, and it happens to also in, in leadership too, that we need to think about not the outliers. Well, what is the median, right? What 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 is the result that when you look at when you're doing something, a, a making a decision, testing stuff? What is the value that repeats the most in the data set? And and you can use this as a metaphor for leadership. And that right there is, you know, the the, the best actionable uh, way to lead because. Trying to lead with the uh, trying to lead trying to fix the outliers, it's you don't you don't know. I mean, it's just it's just crazy, right? It's you do not know. You're trying to prevent, you know. The, I mean, there's all innumerable amounts of possibilities, but we know the law of the average, the, what they call the central limit theorem, that uh, some things average to an average, and we can be comfortable with that being how things will be. And then there is change. And that's what we have to, you know, deal with how things are and how things will behave. And then these actors, these uncertainties are happening in there. I need to take those two into account and have the foresight to to tell, okay, once these things pass through this door, these things are gonna things are going to change. And I prepare then the entire organization, the leaders, their our mindset, our tools, our skills. Um, so we can be okay through this particular transition. Just like what we are going right now. We're going through a transition. You mean culturally or humanity is going through a transition. Humanity. Yeah, we're going through a transition. And if you think about about uh uh the of course we talk about the advent of AI. Uh, you think about the world, uh, when you think about mobility, you know, there's five macro trends that continue to change, right? The, you know, the human health, how that is changing, how we are increasing mobility, uh, the deculturization and globalization. It seems like we globalize and then we say, no, no, wait a minute, this is too too much. And then we kind of try to come back uh, and, and do more in-house rather than globalize it. And we're in that constant, change and flux we are going through a transition a big one well and that and i think well as far as i know and i think as far as all humans know that's normal the transitions happen like right now we're going through the transition from summer to uh, fall uh, that, is it cold there yet i mean it's going it's cold here it's uh, i'm looking at the temperature right now it's 31 degrees right now uh, this morning <laughs> in colorado you, you don't even know what that feels like i don't think in texas mm, i i i felt cold in 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 germany so uh, <laughs> germany, yeah. i'm glad i'm back <clears throat> yeah well luckily you weren't in uh, england <laughs> where it's cold <laughs> and wet uh, but uh, yeah transition is normal though 
And I think as, as far as, especially as leaders, we have an opportunity to, and it's really a consistent and constant opportunity to make those transitions a little bit better than all of a sudden. You know, here in Colorado, it's all of a sudden. Two days ago, it was 60 degrees out there, and now it's 30 degrees. So, it, you know, but that's, we live with that. We know we have to live with that. So mm -hmm. uh, how do we transition? Maybe that's a topic we need to talk about. How do we do, how do we make that trans transition to the next thing? Hmm. That's a great topic. And uh, so let's see. Well, it looks like our time is up. So we probably have to uh, discuss we that. Have to transition. Next this is the best transition I could come up with. You know, it looks it really looks like our time is up. So I guess I guess we'll we'll do that the next time. Okay, <laughs> we'll transition there. We'll see you next week. All right, we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening. We hope today's topic connected with you and helped you reflect on the work leaders do to get out of a narrow focus on one future and into a broader range of possible alternatives. If you'd like to connect with us. Find us at leadersandfutures.com. And if you would like to learn more about leadership and future studies, we have several programs to help you at the Institute for Leadership and Strategic Foresight. Until next time, be great. <laughs>